Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good morning. Good morning. It's morning time. That's Ah, all I got. Good morning, sir. Welcome. Come in, sit down, tea will be served promptly. And today, we are discussing on here, JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. (gasps) But before we talk about Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And Annie Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Nick. Yo. The world has thus spoke Kashibe Rohan fever as it explodes onto Netflix worldwide. And I assume some people watched it. <laughs> Certainly my former housemate did and messaged me about it today. Oh, and did they enjoy it? Yes. Did they go, this might be the greatest thing I've ever seen? They thought the last episode, which I believe was... Treadmill? No. Um, catching corn with your tongue challenge. Wait, we haven't even watched that. Popcorn. Catching popcorn with your tongue challenge. Oh, Uh, yes. They said that was wild. (laughs) They said it was outrageous. And I'm quoting here. They said wild. (laughs) Put that on the DVD case. Liam S. Smith via roommate. Unnamed former roommate. (laughs) You know who you are. You're out there. You're listening, I hope. And if not, then... Fuck you. You you goddamn traitor. Nick, we've got a lot to cover today. I don't want to beat around the bush. Okay, then. Shall I just tell you who this episode is for, then? Yeah. Or should I say, who they for us? Because they are a Patreon. Who they for us? They are a Patreon on Patreon. My name's who they for (laughs) us. Shit, I'm using that. Uh, So, today's episode, Liam, is brought to you. Me? Straight up you. Not me, right? I don't get this one, okay? You get this one. to the end. Is Gail. Gail. Tickety tick on my list of people. Gail? Yeah, it's me, Gail. Of course, Gail being a particularly strong sort of wind. Hello, I'm Gail. I'm a particularly strong form of wind. What are you here to do, Gail? I'm here to blow you away. Are you here to say? (laughs) Well, my name's Gail and I'm here to say... I'm a particularly strong form of wind and I'll blow you away. (laughs) Cha. I create the tidal winds that keep us warm. The moon is my friend and I live in a dorm. The 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 thanks, Gail. Yeah, Gail, you're done good for four lines. You know, you get you get a bit of a rap. (laughs) No one will ever proceed to make the entire rap, but you know what? You can, Gail. You can. And of course, being two exceptionally white men, the best we can muster is high school incursion (laughs) educational rap. What what about um what about First Amendment rap? What the fuck are you talking what, about? What's that? You know the Simpsons bit where it's like that guy is like gonna oh. paint your wagon. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait wait wait! Here comes oh what's the other guy's name? I it's like remember. Clint Eastwood and no, some other guy. Yeah. Anyway, he's always drunk and violent. Now what are you doing with that there wagon? You missed a spot. Gonna paint a wagon. <laughs> Gonna paint it fine. Gonna use lead-based paint because this wood wood is is pine. pine. Oh, God, it's good. Look, guys, that's not a great episode of The Simpsons. It's a clip show, but go back and watch it. I mean, every episode from seasons one to about 11, I would say, are pretty good. JoJo World continues to loom on our collective horizon. (laughs) I think it's a little over a month away now, and we're all holding out hope for some sort of part six announcement, but frankly, I'm expecting a PS5 game. So... Jojo World is not the amusement park thing that no, they had No, it's the media event where all five extant Jojo voice actors will be there. Mm. Mm. 
are they gonna do anything unclear those... uh, okay cool <laughs> they'll just be there and it's like you can have a chat to them if it were the UK, I'd be expecting a new line of audio dramas starring each Jojo. If this were Doctor Who. We've partnered up with Audible.com. Audible provides you with... And then you just walk out the room. Yeah, just, that's you it. shut it off because Audible, of course, is one of many uh, Amazon-owned uh, mm-hmm. sub... Things. Companies yep. are exploiting writers and artists uh, for corporate profit. Love it. Nick. Yes. Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, episode eight, The Great Curry High Trip or Curry Hide Trip. Yes. This episode, uh, <laughs> I don't see It's a one. real pulling from the spiritual school of kangaroo fight episode. <laughs> it's really going for that feel of, but what if we just took a break? A mishap during home economics has caused Anthea and Utena to switch bodies. Nanami, accepting the blame for this mishap, sets out to find the cure for their predicament. Classic Nanami. Classic. Accepting the blame. A lot of being attacked by animals in classic Nanami fashion. Yep. They all hate her. One specific animal. (laughs) Yeah. Which we will get to. Yep. Nick, I found, um, I did a bit of... Internet research between this episode and the previous one. Why did you say that so weirdly? This is how I talk. (laughs) If you haven't pondered onto the way that I communicate by now, we've got a problem. (laughs) But you just said, normally you'd just be like, Nick, I did a bit of internet research the other week. But Mm -hmm. this time you were like, Nick, I did a bit of internet research. Well, Nick, I would say the reason that I intoned like that was because I was trying to pick the words as they were coming out (laughs) of my mouth. I see. I like it. And I found mm-hmm. the commentaries mm-hmm. from uh, Kuniko... Ugh, I always get this, name, this guy's name wrong. Kunihiko Ikahara, the uh, producer mm-hmm. of Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, uh, and the staff's commentary, episode by episode, as released in the booklet accompanying the 2011 box set release of Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. Interesting. Now, Interesting. we've got a bit of a backlog from the episodes that uh, we talked about before we covered... What before I found this, what, what that we covered now. before yeah, yeah, yeah. I found this. Yep. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I don't want to just go through all of those right now. But, but highlights, maybe? I do want to talk, we'll work through them all in a bit of a backlog fashion uh, individually over the next few weeks, like we did with our old uh, words of wisdom from Hirohiko Araki. Uh, of course. But uh, I want to share a couple of quick notes. Okay. I think I'm going to end up doing... Including the ones that cover this week's episodes. I think I'm going to end up doing five of these today. (laughs) So we're going to be catching up over the next couple of episodes. When you say five, you don't mean five complete entries from these... Words of wisdom. Yeah, I do. What else would I mean? It's just like JoJo's World back in the day. So just episode one, because that feels like the right place to start, to be honest. By all means. During the process of getting from the plan to the production deal, I needed to convey the image of the show to a lot of stakeholders in a way that would be easy to understand. Mm. So I made the written plan and it's something like this type of thing. And in fact, it got the gist across and I think that's what got us the green light on the production. <laughs> nice and vague. Yeah. However, when we finally entered the production stage, I was plagued with worry. Suddenly, I was brooding over what the show's originality really was. Style of expression is key in a TV series. A unique individuality. A mode no one has ever seen before. There was this pressure of, I have to make this a show with a special type of visual expression. That's the only way people will want it. Do you reckon he's achieved that so far? Do I think reckon? so. Yep, this is one of the bit. more unique uh, anime series that I've seen, I'm proud to say. Mm, ever. Yes. Yeah. And of course, so many of them are pretty boilerplate, so that's not a hard bar to cross. Yeah, no. I decided to use Absolute Destiny Apocalypse. 
We're already talking about the absolute destiny apocalypse. How could you not? It's said at least once an episode. <laughs> it's true. What about this episode, though? Yep. In the next time on, they always sign off with That's absolute true. destiny apocalypse. That's true, they do. I decided to use absolute destiny apocalypse, and that prompted a switch to flip in my mind. <laughs> Within myself, I could sense that this would be a special show, but it was hard to explain that specialness to the public during pre-production. Mm. I talked about the story. I explained the characters, but no matter how bombastic I was, nobody understood me past the level of, it sounds like an eccentric show. <laughs> so all through pre-production, I had these pangs of guilt, like I was deceiving someone. And then, the first episode was given sound at last. It was complete. <laughs> okay. The impression of the first stakeholder to watch it was something along the lines of, huh, what is this? <laughs> It was done. <laughs> That's I, about right. I, like, yeah. That was basically our reaction to the first episode, yeah. right? It was just like, it all came together. It was finally done. I could show it to the public. The masses would see my work <laughs> and reel before me for the mastermind I was. Their reaction? What is this? <laughs> what, what have you made? So that's basically just a long preamble to, I worked harder making this show and I brought some uni unique ideas mm. to it and I was really worried people wouldn't like it. And then I got to the end, people were a bit confused. Uh, now I wasn't going to talk about the one for episode two for whom the rose smiles today, mm -hmm. but then during our watch you raised some questions about the um, reusable footage of the chicken and egg monologue. Yeah. So this this is a basically a whole note about that that I wanted to share with you to elucidate some of the thinking behind it. By all means. Because my question was, is it true that if a chick doesn't break out of the egg, that it does die in the egg? Well, I don't have an answer for you on that. So you're telling me the one question I have will not be answered, <laughs> but any other question maybe that I have posed to you, i.e. none, will probably get answered here. Yes. Hit me. It opens with a quote mm -hmm. from... Uh, Damien, the story of Emile Sinclair's youth by Herman Hesse. What the fuck? Okay. Which was, of course, a story published in 1919 with a prologue added in 1960. And it tells the story of a young boy in middle class uh, upbringing amid what is described as the Scheinwelt. A play on words meaning world of light or world of illusion. Ooh. Sinclair's entire existence can be summarised as a struggle between two worlds. The show world of illusion, related to the Hindu concept of Maya, and the real world, the world of spiritual truth. But I digress. Mm. This is the most professional our podcast has been in a while. <laughs> Don't worry, just and go with it. Just go with it. Research and content would bring... Would go hand in hand. Apparently this novel has a strong Jungian influence. Mm, I don't know how I feel about this now. <laughs> Nick, what are your thoughts on Jung while I try to get back to the page that I pulled up? I appreciate that Carl Jung, like, set forward a whole, like, what is the subconscious? What is this mm. whole thing? But I don't appreciate the bits where he's like, what if we're all connected by psychic energy? Yeah, that's, so, kind of like how Freud has no merit beyond, like, literature criticism right yes. now. I feel like Jung's got no place now beyond, like, putting a Jungian archetype in a piece of fiction and being like, that's spooky, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just like, it's shit. <laughs> I hate it. When they're just like, what if the archetype was based off stories? And then stories are like, I get it. I understand it. So what if it's just like real people? It's like, no. And what, what if our collective understanding of the world makes these concepts real? Ugh. Ugh. The quote. The bird fights its way out of the egg. The egg is the world. Who would be born must first destroy a world. The bird flies to God. That God's name is Abraxas. Okay, hang on. So what? that's the quote from 
from Demian. That god's name is Abraxas. Yep. The hell does that mean? Why don't you look up Abraxas? I'll do no such thing. Okay. How dare you. He's getting out his phone. <laughs> I'm not getting out my and phone For the sake of expedience, I'll start the quote. Okay. When I was in middle school, my classmate T recommended me a book by Hess. He said, inside the book is everything about me. I didn't know what he was on about. However, that particular quote stuck with me. One day long afterwards, he and I met up again after not seeing each other for an, over a decade. And I brought it up again. What was that again? He didn't even remember the book existed, let alone that he'd recommended it to me. <laughs> to think he just forgot everything about himself. I wondered if Hess wasn't needed in the world he lived in after middle school. In which case, I wonder why I didn't forget. I experimentally added another passage to Hess's. If we don't crack the world's shell, we will die without being born. Smash the world's shell for the revolution of the world. Mm. Assistant director Kaneko Shingo and I discussed Anthe's character time and again because I was obsessed with the idea that whether or not it was good, inverted commas, nobody would want to watch a dark and depressing show. <laughs> the cooking smock over gym clothes was the result of our conversations and she finally turned fun. No, she turned into a mysterious girl, parentheses, exclamation point, end parentheses. Now, this point is in italics, so I assume it is of utmost importance. Okay. Anthe is another Utena. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, can you just repeat that for me? Anthe uh-huh. is another Utena. R- How? 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 In the initial stages of planning, I thought of the main character as someone who wants to be a prince, but at the same time also wanted to remain a princess. However, I decided to divide that personality into two different characters. What did also want to remain a princess mean? I would agonise over the expression of Anthe for the entire series. I see. Interesting. Very interesting. Abraxas. So Abraxas. And I promise we will talk about two episodes today. (laughs) Abraxas is a word of mystic meaning in the system of the Gnostic Basilides? Basilides? Gnostic Basilides? Being there applied to... The Great Archon. In Greek, Megas Archon. Is this what it sounds like when I read things out? The princeps of the 365 (laughs) spheres. The word is found in Gnostic texts such as the Holy Book of the Great Invisible Spirit and also appears in the Greek magical papyri. Okay, so it's a spooky spiritual thing. It's a a thing. It's like... So I've got one more note that is not directly about today's episode. Okay. But it is about, watch out, Miss Nanami. <gasps> the fun episode. Yeah. Well, one of the fun episodes, as we found out today. <laughs> this episode originally went into production as episode eight. Oh. It was in production as episode eight during scripting, storyboarding, and even after animation started. But it got switched in the broadcast order with Carried High Trip, which broadcasts as episode eight. Mm. Because that episode fell behind schedule. Because I always called this episode 8 during the production process, the impression stuck in my mind to this day is Carrier's Ep 6, the kangaroo is Ep 8. <laughs> it's a comedic story, but it shows Nanami's feelings for Toga. This wasn't just about Nanami, it was also about how we'd present Toga. The original plan was to connect stories with a Toga episode's theme. First in episode 8, which show Nanami's feelings for Toga in a comedic way, then in episode 9, which show Toga in contrast with Koichi Sayonji. Mm. Then in episode 10, which showed Toga using Nanami's feelings for him. And finally, in episode 11, spoilers, which showed Toga facing off against Utena. Mm. I'd just used a group of three identical characters before in Sailor Moon S. It was strangely fun, so I tried sticking them in this show too. (laughs) 
The staff liked them too. It was probably more like the staff found them convenient. So we turned them into semi-regular characters. These are those three identical boys yeah, yeah, that yeah. Suabuki beat up. Yep. It's largely thanks to Miss Hayashi, the animation director, that the production troubles weren't reflected in the quality of the episode. I like how Toga looks so unnecessarily cool during the climax when he defeats the kangaroo. <laughs> I mean, unnecessarily is probably the best conceivable I word. would say it was very necessarily. <laughs> okay, so that's all the backlog that we'll be covering today. In, previous, in future episodes, we'll um, catch up on uh, episode three on the Night of the Ball, the mm-hmm. Sunlit Garden two-parter, and the Unfulfilled jury okay but today today today's episode oh god curried high trip and uh, we're almost there nick one episode note to go okay before the other one that we'll do later (laughs) so so one more note to go before the second episode note of today yes so curried high trip trip as i said before this was planned as episode six We'd originally contracted an outside studio to do it, but a few days before ADR was supposed to start... What is ADR? That's like audio... Um, I, I mostly hear it in terms of old live action. It's like when they post-record audio. And oh, so when they do the voiceovers and stuff. Yeah, I guess right. so. Right, okay. But a few days before ADR was supposed to start, it became clear that virtually none of the production was done. <laughs> we hurriedly swapped it with episode 8, broadcast episode 6, in the schedule. The whole series of knockabout insanity that got bandied back and forth there was traumatically intense. <laughs> I don't want to assign any, assign blame and try anyone in absentia here, so I won't talk any more about it. Oh, wow. Okay. Drama. That, that was not a good... Wow. Drama in Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant. <laughs> Who would have seen it coming? But if you were to ask me whether I hate the episode because of that fuss, I'd say no, not really. Oh. In fact, there are many parts of it that I'm quite fond of. I think the colossal effort the staff put in with their backs against the wall like that sublimated the episode's cheapness into solid humour. <laughs> Okay. The scene where our heroines' daily lives with their switch personalities are strung together with snapshots. I've thought for a long time that the audio mix was kind of thin there, but in this 5.1 remaster, it's finally got nice, lively sound. Ah. Which reminds me, what had me worried during our production was this episode's climax. Which scene is the climactic one, I agonised. (laughs) Looking back on it, maybe it was the part where Nanami slipped on the banana peel. Okay. What? Was that it? That's it. That's the whole... Okay, that, that makes sense for this episode, yeah. We open. So we'll return to that in a mi- in probably like 40 minutes time. Oh, God. When we talk about episode nine. But for now, episode eight, which given that we're already running long... Oh, God, it's already been so long. Okay. We can probably move through at a pretty brisk Brisk. clip because there's not a lot going on here. Let's be <laughs> the, honest. This whole episode boils down to two events, really, when you when you think about it. Okay, so we start with the uh, Utena is a child prince prologue, Mm -hmm. which I feel like knowing about the troubled production of this episode may have been to fill some time. Maybe. Because it's not relevant really to this episode at all, but is intensely relevant to the subsequent episode. Oh God, yes. But also it just reminds me, who is Utena? Not Anthe. She's a small girl. She wants to be a big boy. Mm -hmm. You know who she is. She got the personality of a prince. It's home ec class. The first time we've seen anyone go to a class. Literally in this entire season, I think. And we, we don't see Anthe and Utena doing home ec class from within the class. We see from the raised building across the way that Nanami is watching them do home ec class through opera binoculars. And she's there going, and Utena and Anthe in her- home ec class, right on schedule. <laughs> Who would have thought in they would school. stick to the class schedule? Oh, <laughs> those fools. And her cronies are like, haha, yes, we switched in the special extra strong curry powder. 
from India. Mm. It's a hundredfold spice. <laughs> Just wait and see. Soon your mouths are going to be so spicy and it's going to be so unpleasant. Classic, regular level of intensity high school prank, right? Of course. Not, like, frankly, Nanami's dropped her game. <laughs> She's not secreting animals anywhere. She's not trying to possibly get them murdered. Yep. Uh, she's not falling in love with a strange young man who inevitably she'll use for her own ends. Frankly, this might be the most normal we've ever seen Nanami. Yes? Just one scene. I guess so. She's just being like, you idiots, I'm wagging school. <laughs> I'm going to pull a prank on you <laughs> with some curry. This is going to be great. Unfortunately, her minions reveal to her. They're like, oh, you should know, we didn't switch in the hundredfold curry. We switched in the special Indian nine billion fold curry. Secret par-own ultra spicy nine billion fold curry. And Nanami just goes, what? The, the, the what? The school is rocked by a massive curry explosion and like smoke billows from the home ec room as if there had just been some sort of bombing. Mm. Everyone screams. Mm -hmm. They're fearful. And we are treated to the joy of the chicken and egg monologue <laughs> because an emergency student council meeting has been convened to address the injuring of Nanami, no, of Utena and Anthe Himamea in an apparent bombing. Why did we clap to that? Because we love the monologue. <laughs> they may be dead. They're all Many silhouetted. They go to their huge cathedral-like student council Mom. dark void, which is only characterised by a huge iron rose frame and red velvet curtains. My original question remains. If a chick doesn't break out of its egg, will it die? Well, it certainly won't live. And it will run mm. out of nutrients and oxygen in there eventually, I assume. But is such a thing even possible? Why not? Well, I mean, I, I would have just thought the chick would just break Chick's out. Chick's going to be, like, stillborn. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I'm not afraid to get dark. Yikes. I'm, like, revolutionary girl lieutenant here. It's one minute, it's all sweetness and hijinks and elephants, and the next, it's serious sociological commentary. Oh, fuck. Let's talk about capitalism. How did I fucking know? <laughs> How did I fucking know? Okay, big problems. They've all been injured. Even End of the World didn't see this coming. Now, that's a problem because End of the World has prescient future sight, maybe? We don't know. We don't know anything about End of the World. Mickey is like, this is all my fault. I told Anthony that I wanted a really spicy curry. And uh, Toga Kiri was like, now, now, no one's to blame. You can't be held responsible for the bombing that just occurred due to curry. And I think Jury's there. Jury's, like, Jury's yeah. like, I'm also in this episode, basically. Yeah, she's like, yeah, can't be held responsible. Yeah. It's a bit shit. Right. But See you next week. But not even next week. See you in like two to three weeks. <laughs> and the uh, jury out. Yeah, we assume she'll come back. I'll be in my trailer. They're just like, oh, oh no. Kiryu gets out his tiny cell phone. And he's like, it's me. It's me. And we don't know what the deal of that call is really. Yeah, maybe it's end of the world. Maybe mm -hmm. it's not. No one knows. They've been released from hospital. Utena and Anthea are just walking along and all the girls obviously are like, oh. Even in these quick shots, we realise something is different because of the way they are holding their school bags. Mm. Uh, as Anthe has hers slung over her shoulder, like Utena usually does, and Utena is holding hers with two hands in front of her in the demure way Anthe might. Oh, very strange. Wakaba comes and glomps Utena, as she is wont to do, and Utena slowly collapses underneath her, and is like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so demure. And she's framed in pink roses. Uh, and Wakaba's like, 
Huh. Huh. That's you know, in unusual. retrospect, it probably wasn't a good idea for me to bodily jump on you just after you've been in a bombing incident. <laughs> you know, I'm really sorry, but also I thought you were stronger than mm. the Zutana. And that's a wrap on me, Wakaba. I'll see you in three to four weeks. <laughs> so uh, after we get that delicate little snowflake moment, Anthe is approached by the three bitches yeah, again. Nanami's cronies and we see Nanami watching from the shadows later in this scene and they're like you've been really full of yourself lately because you're living with Utana that tomboy and then uh she of course Anthe we hear Anthe get slapped yep. and then Mickey just is there behind, behind Nanami. Nanami just going hey what are you doing and here? she's like Ugh. Yeah. She's, she's he startles her by clinking his stopwatch <laughs> and he's like hey what's going on what's Anthe doing over there <gasps> did she just get slapped oh my god who would slap Anthe I should go help her wait because Anthe slaps back and they're all like why would you slap us and Anthe, what have we ever done to you <laughs> Anthe is framed with her hand back like, lit uh, her G- glasses, glasses are glinting. glinting and like she looks as if she's ascended into the gates of Olympus itself. Even my own mother has never slapped me, the head mean girl says. And then Anthe just says something like, if you wanted to fight, why don't you get real? Clench fist. And she's speaking with Utena's voice actor. Yeah. So before we had Anthe's voice actor for Utena, mm-hmm. now we have Utena's voice actor for Anthe. And Mickey is like, whoa, the innocent Miss Himamea, who I put on a pedestal and have kind of an unhealthy fixation for, acting so unladylike, I'm so distressed. This isn't her at all. Oh, my Mickey. And Anthe gets framed as like, yeah, I'm a badass now, what other? Um, they repeat the basketball sequence from episode one, but it's Anthe playing instead of Utena. And she's doing really well. Yeah. Everyone's like, wow, Anthe's wow. so cool. And Utena is doing the gardening like Anthe usually does. Uh, and we get a series of spy camera shots capturing their in the daily lives. Anthe's playing ping pong. And we Utena's see... just chilling with so some animals. this next scene, it's revealed that the mean girls on Nanami's orders have been f- spying on them and taking photos of them going about their daily lives with switched personalities. And throughout this whole scene, first a, a few girls, then Mickey, then Kiryu, they all come up and like, as just background to the actual discussion going on are buying copies of these photos. Yeah, so the girls are like, oh, they're so cool. And Nanami's like, you're selling them? How could you sell them? It's like, well, they have a very strange appeal. And then Kiryu's just there going, well, you know. No, because first Mickey comes in and is like, oh, I feel so bad for them having switched bodies. Also, I would like to buy some photos of Anthe, please. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Wouldn't we all, given the opportunity, purchase photos of people that we like looking at? So the way... The way that Kiryu is introduced into this scene made me laugh aloud, which is rare for me. I would say not when watching this show. Okay. But this show yes. this show taps into my emotions like few things have been capable of doing recently. So, so you literally were like <laughs> Yeah. So Nanami is talking to Mickey and mm-hmm. like Sells in the photos and turns away. And like, it turns away with like a whoop camera noise and she turns into the profile and then just on the other side of her, Kiryu is just there talking. And she's like, oh, my brother. And he's like, oh, I see what's happened here. And she's like, oh, they've all swapped bodies. And then, then, then Kiryu was like, yes, I would also like to buy some photos, please. And uh, I think Nanami's like, why are you buying photos? You too? And she's got, like, 90s anime angry face. Big brother, how her, could you? The whites of her eyes are just the colour of her flesh and her mouth is huge. Uh. And then Anthe and Utena are there and like, aha, we understand you've made us switch bodies because of hijinks. We figured it would be you two. And Kiryu is like, it wasn't us. And then Nanami is like, 
yeah, my brother would never do such a thing. It's all me. <laughs> Which is just glorious just Nanami. Classic smooth brain Nanami. <laughs> she's not very smart. I mean, she's smart enough. She's devious, to... but she's not very smart. Yeah. She's trying to be She's smart. got a lot of blind spots, particularly where her brother is concerned. Mm. But to be fair, don't we all have mm. a little soft spot for little old Kiryu? And she's like, forgive me, big brother. I just switched the the, 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 the spice, spice into the mix so Anthony could make us all delicious curry. I just wanted her to taste I the geriatric, mind-altering, psychotic, melange Geriatric? Spice. Yeah, that's what they call it, geriatric. Okay. Yeah, the geriatric spice melange. I just wanted them to get beautiful blue eyes and psychic powers. I just wanted them to bring about a revolution on Arrakis. Revolutionary girl Doontana. <laughs> Revolutionary girl Arrakis. Revolutionary girl Paul. Revolutionary girl Paul Atreides. Not Charney. Don't have her. We'll have Paul Atreides. End of the world where the world, of course, is, is Dune. Arrakis. Oh. The Dune world. The Dune world. Mm. Great. Excellent. We that's read that, that That's that hard. riff. It's like we took a fucking fire hose and we went, can we fit it through this tiny needle hole? And we got there. So, like, low-key psychopath Kiryu vibes here that will be expanded on in great detail next episode. <laughs> yep. But Nanami's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And he's like, okay, I'll forgive you, but until you get more spice, you're never allowed to come home again. And Nanami, of course, in her wise ways goes, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> Anything for you, big brother. Well, we've got to go to India to get the spice. And Nanami's flying away in the plane like, wait for me, I'll be fine. And then the three girls are all crammed into the window behind like, we hope we'll also be fine too. Now, I have a question about this. Yep. And the Kiryu is just watching on the tarmac. <laughs> just waving. But is this at the school? The school airport? Yeah. Because this is framed like this, right? There's I a shot also have a question. Yeah. Is this Japan... There are some mysteries that can't be solved. Everyone's got Japanese names, so we should probably assume so. I mean, I would assume... Well, even if they weren't Japanese names, we'd be like, is this Japan, <laughs> though? Like, just imagine, okay, you're watching an anime that's been translated differently, right? Oh, and they've done the Phoenix Wright thing where it's California. Exactly. And all the people's names aren't Japanese Tommy names. Kiryu. Exactly. They're all kind of like puns of the name. Like how in Sailor Moon, um, they changed her name from... Uh, Sagi mm -hmm. uh, to uh, Seret to Serena. Yeah, stuff like that. Because her princess identity is Princess Serenity. Ah, very nice, very nice. Serena Serenity. And they changed her name from Ami to Amy with Sailor Mercury. Ah, because her princess identity is an emergency. She doesn't have a princess identity. Oh. She's just a sailor. Oh. The only one who's a like wait, she's wait, just no, they a are all They are all princesses, but the only one who really gets a distinct princess outfit and princess identity is Sailor Moon. Queen Serenity. Oh, it's been too long since I watched that show. Though there's this man called Tuxedo Mask. Yeah. And he doesn't really help per se, but, but he provides there. essential moral support. He's there in the background going, don't worry, Sailor Except Moon. Except for when he gets turned evil, which is frequent. Is... Is the last episode the one where they finally get together and then go, let's give up our crime-fighting ways? No, I don't and think so. Oh. You see, what happens in your general arc of Sailor Moon Okay, is that... You do some good, Asagi you fight some baddies. figures out that she's Sailor Moon. Yeah. And then she helps her friends, the other Sailor Senshi, figure uh -huh. out that they're the Sailor Senshi. Yep. Sailor Venus was a character in a previous manga called Sailor V. 
Right. <laughs> so she kind of had her own thing going on, but then she just folded into the crew. Okay. Uh, and then they, 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 it's like, oh, let's go down to Queen Beryl's ice cream parlor and give her all our energy. And they do that for like 10 to 15 episodes. Okay. And then Tuxedo Mask gets turned evil. Uh-huh. And they have to rescue him, and they do. Mm-hmm. And then there's a final battle where all of the Sailor Senshi die except for Sailor Moon, who has to win. Mm-hmm. And in the process of winning, uh, they all lose their all memories. their friends are revived with no memories and she loses her memories. And then we, we repeat the cycle. Uh, it's classic storytelling. Classic time loop. It's um, the hero's journey. <laughs> <laughs> you go out, you come back. Forget everything that you learned. The magical girl with a thousand faces. And it gets the shadow puppets and they're talking about karma or divine justice. <gasps> divine justice. And then it's... Uh, well, that was quick. Utena in Anthe's body doing the high jump. And Anthe in Utena's body watching and clapping. Like, well, it sure does seem pretty weird to compliment your own body, Anthe. Yeah, but I like to see me be good at sports because I'm not good at it. Ah... Uh... Evidently Unclear you why you're so good at it in my body. Yeah. Same, same muscles. I was going to say. <laughs> um, so she's like stretching me like, we've got to figure out a way to like switch our bodies back. Oh, uh, I'm sure Nanami's being fine. Cut to India where they're being chased by elephants. And screaming. Interlude. Okay, so there's a Sayonji scene here. I want to change bodies back, says Utena. Sayonji keeps hitting on me. Look, here he is now. And Sayonji's there being like, hey. This is kind of the only like... Significant characterization moment mm. of the episode, other than like this insight we get into Kiryu. But even then, the it's still kind of funny. Yeah. So Kiryu, uh, Sayonji shows up and he's like, hey, come with me to the secret gym room. And she's like, no, but she she goes. She is, of course, Anthe and is like, oh, but Anthe would because she's so nice. Oh, no. And Anthe in Utena's body is like, do you want me to come with you? I'm like, no, it's fine. She's like, okay, have fun. And there's this, okay. Quick, cut away back to India again, where all the um, the minion girls are in the back of a truck with snakes and Nanami is riding up front. It's like, well, I'm sure I'm glad you gave us a lift. Those elephants gave us a lot of trouble. Yeah, not a worries, mate. Not a bloody worries. Do you know where we can find the spice? And then the car is like headbutted by a herd of elephants and flies away. It's going to be a re- recurring theme in these <laughs> cutaways to India. I fucking love it. Should we just talk about these cutaways no, now? Get them no, out of the way? Nope, do them one by no, one. We've got to be efficient today. So the next one, they're climbing a mountain. Tink, 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 tink. And then this one we were like, okay. They're using pitons and climbing pickaxes. Yep. And uh, they go, okay, we just got to get up this mountain. We should be just fine. Wait, what's that in the distance above? An elephant runs down the vertical cliffside. Begins falling at very fast speed. And takes them all out. Then okay. they're all in a boat in India sailing no, no, no. across they're the ocean. They're on a bridge. Oh yeah, bridge. I yep. forgot about the bridge. Single reed bridge, classic. Yep, like a rope bridge. Yep. And then an elephant charges down the other end of the bridge. Breaking the bridge in the process. Yep. And, and then, then they're all in a boat in a stormy ocean. It's like, we've got to get the spice. And then a huge wave with five elephants surfing on it, on actual surfboards upright, bipedally, crashes into their boat and destroys it. Incredible. Is that the last cutaway we see? I believe so. Great. But at least the last one with an elephant. So Nanami's just having a fun time getting tormented by animals yet again. Specifically, the elephants of justice. So Karma, the vengeful elephant. In the gym storage room, mm-hmm. 
Sionji is being weird and creepy. He's like, I've so looked forward to this day where we consummate our love. Oh. Let me open my shirt. Oh. And Utena and Anthe's body like covers her hands with her covers her eyes with her hands, looks away. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to see Not this. Sionji. Like, look, look at me, Anthe. Look at our love. And she looks and he's just opened his jacket to pull out his exchange journal. He's not wearing a shirt though, so that's a bit weird. He's like but... got it open. Because I guess he keeps it close to his heart at all times. Oh, Sayonji sucks. <laughs> like, just putting that out there. Yeah. Like, he keeps talking about his true love and their secret love mm-hmm. and, like, how he truly deserves to be with her and she truly wants to be... He keeps hitting her with his hands and with his sword. Yes. He's not okay. <laughs> so, he's basically like, we were always meant to be together. I'm a manipulative asshole yeah. at the best of times. Anyway, here's the exchange diary right in it. And then, later that night... Uh, it's Utena and Anthe's body at the table in the dorm room being like, oh, do I have to write back? Oh, I really don't want to do this. Maybe I should just give it to Anthe and she can write back, but then she'll know I know about it. Oh, hey, Utena, is that a Sionji secret journal? Yeah. Oh, you be sh- sure you be nice in it. Can't be rude now. But I don't want to. Oh, you don't think we should write back in it anymore? Great, I'll throw it in the bin, says Anthe. And uh, Utena in Anthe's body is like, Jesus Christ! No, we can't just throw it out. Like, I don't like the guy, but it's like he's got sentimental attachment to this. And uh, Anthe in Utena's body is like, Well, I was just doing it because you never said it wasn't okay. But if it's not okay, then I'll just get rid of it. Yeah. If it's not okay, I can kill him if you want. Oh my God, (laughs) Anthe! Just look, it's fine. I'll deal with this problem. Okay. Hey, what's the big idea? You're such an extremist, Utena says. (laughs) Uh, and so, basically, Utena begins reading this journal and trying to figure out, okay, what the hell do I even okay. write? I'll, I'll try to write a nice, sincere response. So she opens it up to a random page. And it's like, I still dream about when we were engaged. I cannot wait to feel your skin again. I will defeat that Utena tomboy and take yeah. you as my own prize. And next my page, love. there's a mean sketch of heroic uh, Sionji with Anthe affectionately clinging to him over, like, ugly, bald Utena. Who is crying With meekly. a sword sticking out of her. Uh, and so Utena's like, wow, okay, this is really and sad. And she's like getting really angry, pulls out a big red marker and is like, I'm going to write the perfect response. Which we found out later, not really, but close enough. <laughs> yeah. Although the funniest lead up to that oh, yeah, moment. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay, Sionji is in the Rose Garden. He's just there waiting for Anthe to show up. Anthe, even now I think about you, our rosy life together. Uh-huh. And then Kiryu's there. Oh, Sayonji, quite unusual that you'd be in the Rose Garden. Yeah, that's where I bloody hang out, mate. Why? What are you you doing here, you know? Oh, the Rose Bride will soon be mine again. Oh, Oh, yeah? Is that what you think, Sayonji? And then... uh, Uh, Utena comes up. Oh, sorry. Utena in Anthe's body shows up. Really putting on the Anthe persona. Sayonji! I'm here. Hello. Read this beautiful message that I wrote you. I... Once I started writing, I just couldn't stop. Oh, it was just so hard. Rose frame, as if romantic. And then Sayonji looking... So, so vindicated, flattered, yes. just being like, she's oh, come back. Your to true me. feelings, I understand. Oh, she she's finally learned how she actually feels about me. Anthe and Utena's body and Mickey show up just in time to see the humiliation, and it just says "dumbass" <laughs> in big red markers. And, and he, we get in a spotlight moment, just despair. And then everyone else is like, "Nanami's back. Let's run in a really strangely animated <laughs> way over to the front of the school." And they all happily run over, leaving Sayonji yep. in the dust. Choo Choo is on the school steps eating a banana. That's important. Mm. And Nanami gets out of the the limousine, and she's tan, and she's like, "India changed me. I'm strong now. I found the spice." 
uh, Utena and Anthea are like, oh, thank fuck. I'm really getting sick of being Anthea. Jesus, People really keep slapping me in the face. Oh my god, it's unbearable. Don't know how she does how it. How many slaps have we had so far? Let us count the ways. It's been six. Sionji. Mm-hmm. Sionji. Mean girls. Yep, mean girls. Mean girls. Yep. Does the one in this episode count? Of course. Okay, because it's the intent. Yes. Uh, so The more intent mean... is to slap Anthea even though they slapped Utena. Yeah, so more mean girls. And there's one other one. Nanami? I think it was Nanami. Yeah, Nanami because um was that the what was it Nanami when she turned um, around and then got When slapped. we thought she was alone. Yes. Or was that the mean girls again? Or maybe Nanami was I don't know. I can't remember. Okay, yeah, okay, I remember. It's Sionji, Sionji. Mm-hmm. Mean girls when Nanami apparently rescues her. When Nanami Yep. Mean girls when Nanami has clearly set them on her. Yep. Jury. Jury You're right. And then this episode. And then this so six. Yes. Yeah. Are we forgetting one? Next episode. Because this is episode eight. And it's happened in every episode but one so far, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, so and next episode there'll be one. But does that mean we're missing one? From this episode? No, no. We've got this episode's one. I don't think so. I think there's just been six so far. Okay. And then next episode we get seven. I believe. I believe. Was there one in... um in Watch out, Miss, Miss Nanami. No, I don't think so. I don't think... No, I think that was the one that we didn't have it in. Uh, and also the second part of the Sunken Garden. Exactly. Yeah, we figured it out. Right, so that's seven. Six, six slaps, soon to be seven. Yep, yep great. <laughs> what a show. <laughs> and uh, she's running. She's like, big brother, I got the spice. You'll love me again. Oh, Nanami. I slipped on Choo Choo's banana peel. Roar of an elephant symbolizing disaster. Oh no, there's an actual elephant there yeah. that Choo Choo is playing with. And uh, its trunk blows a mighty wind, which blows the spice, the secret of prescient vision away. This was their last batch of spice. It takes 200 years to make more. Oh no. So then, divine justice cut away? Yep, from the puppets. And they're just like, see, divine justice. Utena is despondent because she's going to be in Anthe's body forever. But Anthe has made everyone a nice curry. But they can't eat the nice curry yet because Sionji is outside <laughs> the window. <laughs> and he's, he's outside the closed window <laughs> delivering a monologue to the still table. Like, I can't believe you wrote a mean thing in our exchange diary. I demand you take it back and write a nice thing. We need to set the scene properly, all right? He is standing outside the shut window door, right? The curtains are open, but kind of half open. We can't hear him properly. It's one long still (laughs) shot of the table as they're sitting there looking at him awkwardly as he's talking Again, can't hear him through it properly because he's muffled (laughs) through this fucking window as he pours his heart out being like, Anthe, I can't believe that you would express such feelings towards me in our exchange journal. This is going to be the influence of that rude Utena. And Utena's right there (laughs) at the table. And everyone else is just also there, like Nanami, Mickey, uh... Who else is there? The, is any of the mean girls there? They, the mean girls have just come in before this actually to be like, we found the curry in the um, school supply ah, room. It was, right. wasn't opened. It can't have been the curry. It must have just been Anthe's cooking. Ah, so that, then, that, that revelation has happened. Yep. And, and then he's just there. And, it's yeah. just, and then he just shows up. Does this Does speech. this huge monologue that goes for probably about a minute, to yeah. be honest. Or at least 30 seconds. And like, there's no direct acknowledgement of this at all. We just cut to... Anthe in Utena's body making everyone curry again. Being like, Sayonji, sit down, eat this delicious curry. And, and he's like, okay, that seems reasonable. Oh no, Choo Choo is eating a bite at the same time. And then, omph, boom. There's another bomb explosion. Yep. 
Anthe and Utena are back in their own bodies. They're telling Waka about, about the whole situation. And Wakaba's like, oh, but whatever happened to Sayonji then? And then Choo Choo, or Choo Choo's body, is wearing a little kendo gear and has a... Um, Sayonji haircut. Yep. And is doing kendo practice. A bit like if Kirby ate Sayonji. Exactly, yeah. Yep. And he's in his little outfit. He's doing kendo practice. And then, and then... in the jungle, the mighty jungle, <laughs> Choo Choo in Sayonji's body is up a tree eating bananas. And that's the end of that episode. And I believe the legendary quote we got here was... Choo. Choo-choo-choo. We all stan choo-choo. <laughs> and we need to talk about Nick, how, how Nick has never heard the term stan before today. It's not a real thing! It is absolutely a thing. What is stan? Well, stan is a streaming service available in Australia. I don't mean the streaming service available in Australia, now at a low, low price of ten ninety nine a month. I'm talking about the fucking... What, what is this speech thing this stand that you speak of speech thing a, a turn of phrase a, a thing that you say so it comes from the Eminem song Stan which is a song about an obsessive stan uh, an obsessive stan in the modern parlance obsessive fan okay Urban I'm gonna pull dictionary? up a nice dictionary definition for you okay and this is on the Oxford English Dictionary Nick okay an overzealous or obsessive fan of a particular celebrity. In a sentence, he has millions of obsessive stan- He has millions of stans who are obsessed with him and call him a rap god. Verb. Stan. Y'all know I stan for Katy Perry. This so is not I was excited real. to see the artwork for her upcoming this, album. This is not real. This is not a real thing. This is- So- The Oxford Dictionary is lied. <laughs> As I said to you when I found out you didn't know this, log on. <laughs> god damn it. You're tell- okay, so you're telling me that Stan is just like, man, I'm all about this guy. I love this guy. This is the guy I want to have, like, sing at my funeral. Stan Twitter is a community of Twitter users that post opinions related to music, celebrities, TV shows, music, and social media. The community has been noted for its particular shared terminology. Usually people there are discussing celebrities' personal lives. What? Credit to the 2000, 2000 song Stan by Eminem. By Eminem. 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 Uh, they do exist. Who does exist? But, but, did, how have I not heard this ever before? Like, what? Who uses it? Who it, uses it, this term? It consistently surprises me for a man who has an anime podcast uh, and is generally on the nerdy spectrum of things I am. how surprisingly offline you are. Well, just remember that I did recently tell you that I purchased Dune, the board game. Stan Twitter has been noted for its aptly fanatic culture and behaviour. Vanity Fair highlighted American pop singers Ariana Grande, Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. and Korean group BTS as artists who have extremely fanatic fan bases. Mm. Bind, torture, sing. They also credited those... Yep, okay, sure. (laughs) Sure. Also credited those fan bases and Stan culture and its associated engines with helping propel the popularity of music videos for those artists. Ah. Like, remember when... um, When BTS Stan Twitter made a deal with leftist Twitter to like help promote like various bail funds and like suppress various right wing hashtags in exchange for left wing Twitter streaming the latest BTS single a lot. Uh, I do not remember this, but I'll believe it. I would absolutely believe that there was some kind of weird movement to help capitalism by people who dislike capitalism. L Hunt of NME wrote L Hunt. That's her name. Ah, hello and welcome to El Hunt. Most of the time, standing is harmless. It's old-fashioned fandom for the internet age, but often, standing manifests as a kind of blind, unquestioning devotion. 
The kind of thing that leads the BTS army to talk about their idols like they're gods on earth who can't be criticised. Mm. And added that at its worst, standing can lead to threatening behaviour, mob-handed bullying, and it can even turn on the object of affection. Ah. Now you know about standing. Do we have any stands? Don't think so. Oh. I wanted to make a deal with other parts of Stan Twitter and be like, excuse me, in exchange Hi, for... I'm Stan Twitter, founder of Twitter. <laughs> Hi. I refuse to kick the Nazis off my platform. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, everyone needs a voice, except maybe a few of them. <laughs> Episode 8, 9. We did it. We're an hour in, but we're getting there. The castle said to hold eternity. And this is the... um. The one we need to spend the, the most com- time on. Oh no. The commentary note. There was a little princess uh-huh. and she was very sad for her mother and father had died. Mm-hmm. That's a fragment of the myth that we tell in the prologue. Mm-hmm. Living on. It's just making me sick. <laughs> <laughs> we, that, that's in quotations. Okay. Wait, wait. As in, it's just making me that, quote This sick. is a quote of what sad little girl we presume is Utena says in this episode. Okay, right. Okay. We lined up plot development and visuals suggestive of the series climax. Our goal was to... Quote, get viewers anticipating the series' final scene. Oh. Utena saves Anthe. Huh, so that's what the story's about. But what does she save Anthe from? That's the central issue. Mmm. Two boys discovered an unusual toy one day. What? That's what it says. Sure. You got hold of it, didn't you? That's right, I have it now. Really? That's when the game began. This is Does this just read as, more coherently in Japanese, This I is wonder? just as surreal as the show. It often happens that a relationship becomes stifling because of a shared past. Even if you have no particular interest in a toy, when you find out he has it, you think, I need it too. Mm, they that's say how that, this podcast works. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, Nick, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. Oh, you're starting a podcast? Well, I've got to get involved. Well, I need to get this podcast too. They say that in that world, only one princess is chosen. So basically, this is speaking in ambiguous terms, but it's talking about the rivalry slash friendship slash relationship between, Between Kiryu and Sayonji. Yeah, where it seems like... They're the as best as, of friends. At, despite like, spending the comedy episodes talking about Sayonji's love for Anthe, part of it is just him wanting to possess the Rose Bride so he can win over Kiryu. Yes, if not everything he's about. Yeah. I mean, but why, you may ask? Well, well, that seems to be the question at the moment. Yes. And the IMDb summary for this episode... Sayonji and Toga have always been at odds since they were children. It's really quite underselling the events of this episode. Yeah, that, that seems like a, uh, a bad IMDb blurb. But then again, aren't we all? All the girls are excited because in the kendo hall, mm-hmm. Sayonji and Kiryu are going to fight each other with kendo. Utena, in the hallway, normally just standing there reading a book, turns around and goes, they're fighting. And there's huge build up to this duel. And it's like lots of cheering girls and they're all represented by kendo bokkens. Yep. Which are like setting themselves up in the stands and leaning towards the fight as if to... Peer closer yeah, towards the shouting climactic like, events. Toga, look at me. You're so cool. So nice. And then a shot Get of Get in, Sayonji. Shot of Sayonji. And then... Yay, They're yay. all cheering, all jeering, all Whoa. getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. We get some close-ups of their posing. Yep. And then... And then a broom is like, everyone, shh. Let them do it. So, and as I said to you, it's so much easier to animate inanimate objects cheering than it is to actually animate people. <laughs> and then we cut to a crowd shot as well. Everyone's black silhouettes and then one of them fades into being Utena. And she's like, huh. Sanji and Kiryu. The duel is over instantly. 
because they just have one of those samurai movie moments where it's like, yeah, and then Kiryu wins. And they're like, wow, he's not just a playboy after all. He really won this time. He huh? really is the student council president. Wow. Wow. I wish I was dating that guy. Well, I guess we don't need to be here anymore. Utena's like... Oh, well, someone's oh. like, he really is a prince. And Utena's like, prince? That's not true. <laughs> that's, that's all I got from that one. <laughs> Kiryu's like, oh, you, you scamp. I beat you again. Don't be angry. Sayonji's like, man, fuck you. We're not friends. I hate you. And Kiryu's like, aren't you my only friend? Yeah, true, he did say something yeah. weird. Hang on. Something so Sayonji, weirdly sad. Yeah, Sayonji was like, ugh, I don't know don't if we're Don't call really. me friend. And then he's like, don't you know, you're my only friend? And then Sayonji's like, huh. And Uten is like, huh. And then we cut to the Rose Garden. It's the Rose Garden. Choo Choo's playing with a pill bug or a slater or whatever you want to call it. And a frog eats it. And then he sends the rest of the scene fighting the frog in the background. Sayonji walks up. And sees Choo Choo in his way and is like, you, you're always in my way. Why must you always deny me my fate? And Choo Choo's just wrestling with his frog and crying. Mm-hmm. And then Utena's there to actually have a conversation. Yeah. Utena's like, you, what What do you want? Why are you here and at the Rose Garden? Sayonji's like, I'll beat you in the next duel and get Anthe. And he's like, what's your deal, Sayonji? Like, why do you need to just be the worst? You can't even beat Kiryu. How could you ever beat me? And Sayonji's like, <laughs> Kiryu. We've dueled so many times over the 10 years we've known each other. We get wow. a brief flash of yep. like cherry blossoms in the background in like a samurai sunset yep. style thing. We always duel, but next time I won't lose. I want the Rose Bride. Do you really love her? Yeah, that's why I need to win because I hate Kiryu. And then uh, we get a shot of Kiryu winning in and that same he, cherry blossom he, scene. He sensually ties a bandage on Sayonji's hand. And then Utena's like, you've known him for 10 years? She, you're just treating her like a pawn. Do not approve. And Sayonji's like, a pawn, you say? Together we will take possession of eternity, he says. And then he puts his hand he puts on his the window. hand on the window. And throughout like the course of this scene, he's gradually applying more and more pressure. To the window. And the, gra- the glass cracks from the pressure of his palm on it. I, I turned and I said to you like, oh great, we're gonna have to get out a guy to fix that now. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sayonji. Again, being the worst, but that hasn't happened yet because we flash. An extensive flashback sequence to when the young boys riding home in the rain from Duel Day and they see a huge cathedral full of lights. And uh, Kiryu stomps the bike. Sayonji's riding on the back, holding dearly onto Kiryu. Mm-hmm. They're both very young, probably almost 10 years ago, I would dare say. We could assume. We could assume even more. They're both still six feet tall. <laughs> uh, and they look back and Kiryu's like, huh, a funeral. And some people are there. Some men are like, have you seen a girl? She disappeared from our sight. Her parents just passed and we're very worried about her. We don't think she might have been spirited away, do we? Uh, difficult to say. And uh, Sayonji's like, did you hear that, Kiryu? They might have been spirited away. And then they go and look in the church where there's three coffins for some reason. Kiryu is fascinated by this. He just walks on in there. There's three coffins there. And there's a shot where the lightning strikes um, over the window frame to like frame the whole thing in a cross. And it's all very Death of Caesar and Jojo's Mm. Bizarre Adventure Part 2 Battle Tendency. You got deep flashbacks. You're like, Caesar. Yeah. Three coffins. Let's open the third coffin. How do I know which is the third one? I just do. 
So he opens it up and Sayonji's like, don't do this. Don't do this. No, no. don't do this. Flash of lightning. Mm-hmm. And then coffin lid is open. There's a little girl in there who has the unidentified black void skin that we've become so accustomed to. Of course. Sh- huge shock of pink hair. <gasps> pink hair, So, eh? And she's lying on a bed of pink roses. <gasps> pink so roses, from, eh? like, basic appearance of this character and also the symbol of the pink rose, we've got no choice but to assume at this point that it's a young Utena. Mm-hmm. But frankly, I'm expecting a twist in our future. Ooh. But what if it is just Utena? Then that would be very straightforward and understandable. <laughs> so... Uh, Kiryu's like, what are you doing in the coffin? She's like, don't open the coffin. Let me stay in the coffin forever. I just, my parents are dead. I just want to die. I've been through a lot right now. Well, what what if someone else finds you in the coffin? And he's holding her hair, just like how in his first episode, he grabbed Utena by the Mm, hair and stroked it. Um, And he's sort of like trying to kind of calm her or just examine the hair deeply. And he says, hey, I'm always an ally to girls. You were extremely amused by that statement. Toga Kiryu, self-professed feminist ally. (laughs) I'm always nice to girls. Especially the ones that I use for physical pleasure then cast aside in the act of manipulating others. We got to talk about that bit later. Anyway. I'm always an ally to girls. I'm chivalrous after all. And uh, she just she's basically like, says, well, if someone else finds me, I'll just hide. My parents are in those coffins over there. I so this one wanna, must be meant for me. I don't want to do anything. I'm depressed. Uh, Everything's bad. Why do I have to go on living? Uh, and, and Sionji is just kind of there. Hmm. Watching as these events unfold from afar. There's no such thing as something eternal. And he's like, something eternal? That's a phrase that I'll keep using in this episode. Hmm. Is, is this where we get the flash of Anthe looking up at the castle? No. Okay. Kiri was leaving mm-hmm. and Sayonji is like, we can't just let her stay there. And he's like, well, then show her something eternal. And the bandage falls off Sayonji's hand in a potent symbol that I didn't quite understand. And then lightning strikes the cathedral. Yeah. More symbolism? Difficult to say. The next day we saw the girl at the funeral and she seemed fine. I just knew that Kiryu had done something. My dinner with Andre had gone very well. <laughs> so the question is, mm-hmm. the big outstanding question... Because they keep emphasising throughout this episode that Kiryu is being like... And he's obviously deliberately manipulating modern day Utena with this. But he keeps being like, your prince is someone like me, isn't he? And he's trying to like build that association in her mind to create a weakness in her. A mind trap, if you will. Takes a very explicit heel turn at the end of the episode. Mm. Um, So it's it's just like, you know... My assumption is that... Sorry, sorry to cut you off. (laughs) So it's just like that bit in Arrested Development when they're like... Whenever they're just like, so... Mr. You, F. No, no, it's like, so you wouldn't want to disappoint your father, would you? No, I wouldn't. Oh, oh, okay. And it's just like, it's always alluded to that the real father is the other George yeah, yeah, Michael. Yeah. And it's like, now we wouldn't want to get on bad terms Oscar. with your father. It's just like that. It's like, well, now, you're your not prince. really the prince is someone like me, isn't he? No, of Nick, course not. You're an asshole. I don't want to make fun of you too hard for just trying to come up with off-the-cuff dialogue. I can't do it. But you just said, you're not really your prince is someone like me. I just cut myself off halfway. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just deal okay, with it. So my assumption yes. is that is that Kiryu and Sayonji unknowingly had an encounter with young Utena here. Mm-hmm. But... <gasps> Big but. Sayonji is mistaken in his assumption that Kiryu did something to Utena. 
to like restore her mm. strength and be the prince from the prologue. Mm. My assumption is that the prince from the prologue is a separate entity who lives in the castle? who lives in the upside oh down sky castle and has been descending to possess Utena in duels. Okay, fuck yeah, but. What if it's actually way more simple? What if Kiryu is the prince and we have to come to the conclude or come to the realization that Utena needs pe- to be her own prince exactly. because he's kind of a shitbag. Yeah. And turn into a car <laughs> in order to Because the car symbolizes being a motors, car <laughs> horsepower. Yeah, something like that. Right? <laughs> Maybe. So Kiryu's just watching this funeral, yeah. being all like, I did that. And Sayonji's like Ah, oh, Kiryu's always been better than me. But me and Anthe, we're gonna get in that castle and then like find the eternity in there, and then we'll be together. So and that'll a, show Kiryu. There's a shot where Anthe's looking up at the castle, from being the like dual platform, and it's like oh, that castle. It contains mm. eternity. I wish I could go in there mm-hmm. one day. Silhouetted student council meeting. Mickey is is no jury mm-hmm. is sharing with the, with uh, Mickey and. Uh, Kiryu, like, she came to the school because she wants to find the prince from her childhood. Mm-hmm. And Kiryu is basically like, aha, she's a romantic. I can use this. So Utena is just on the roof of the school, staring at the sky and thinking about her prince. Yep. And then Kiryu scared, sneaks up behind her. And is all like, hey, do you want some puts tea? A cold can of pop, I assume. No, it's tea. Why tea? Because it says on the can, tea. It sure does. But it's cold and it's a can. Yeah, cold iced tea. And he puts it on her cheek and it startles her. And from from that moment, he has her on the back foot in this uh, <gasps> in discussion. This encounter of social he, webs. He gracefully throws her the can with his arm outstretched. And he's like, Utena, could I offer you a conversation? From behind, you seem so lonely. What if I were to sneak up behind you and whisper, I love you? I'm always an ally to girls. That wouldn't really be in my character, would it? I am, of course, making a reference to a very frequently repeated piece of dialogue in our recent Patreon episode, Haruhi Suzumiya's Endless Eight. Wait, when was there the I love you? That's when they're on the roof in the stargazing and the girls are falling Uh, asleep. Ah, yes. If I just came up behind her and whispered into her ear, I I love love you, he says in English. But I couldn't do that. I'm missing a certain something. Yeah. Kiryu's like, I'm missing a certain something. You see, I'm an intelligent psychopath, so I could never show true affection (laughs) like that. My eyes, they'd give it away. Uh, So she's like, fuck off. I'm I'm having a moment here. What do you know about the Sky Castle? (laughs) The Sky Castle? Why, no what one, is it? No one knows anything oh. about the Sky Castle. Why, that's the Sky Castle where you'll meet your prince someday. Does end of the world dwell in the Sky Castle and is end of the world the prince? These are the jokes, people. <laughs> the questions, rather. Yeah, I was going to say, the jokes, they're not really jokes no. if they're just things that are going to happen. So then Kiryu goes in for uh, the well, kill. Nanam, uh, Utena's like, hey, who told you about my prince? And then he swoops his hand around her waist and is like, I'm like your prince. Aren't I? And she's blushing. And she's like, stop this. He's, she's pink rose framed. He's white rose framed. And he's like, your prince is... Like me. Someone like me. And she runs off. And she's like, don't... She walks off. She struts off, blushing. Yeah, she's just like, Jesus fucking Turning Christ, away so she can't, So he can't see her blush. And he's like, oh, ain't I a stinker? Skull the tea. 
Boy, oh boy, I've earned this one today. Sayonji, in his office, lit only by the detective-style shades of his blinds. As we hear... What's this? This is a double bass walking bass line that every detective movie has. Okay. So just say what Sayonji would be saying in a detective film as I go... Well, the problem is, like... Come on, man. You need to do the theme from Taskmaster. Wait, what's the theme from Taskmaster? It's like, I got a lot of horns. Oh, because of the envelope yeah. looking like the envelope from Taskmaster? Yeah, he's like... Because it has a yeah. wax so seal. So he walks in and um, it's a red wax seal. It's like the same. All wax seals <laughs> are red. He walks in and um, Alex Horn is there and he's like, Hello, Sayonji. And Sayonji's like, Alex, oh, what's this task? Oh... In order to gain affection of Utena, you must first... Kidnap and Not, not Utena. Anthony. I mean, sorry. In order to gain affection of Anthony, you must first You take... must kidnap her. No, I was going to say you must get ten eggs oh. into this bucket without touching the eggs. Yeah, you are not allowed to touch the red carpet. Your time starts now. And then he just looks up and goes, is this real? Is, <laughs> am I doing this? And then... So how did we all do? Sayonji, Kiryu, Utena okay. and Anthony are all there. I fit... It's difficult. It's difficult to know enough about all these characters. Yep. <laughs> okay. End of sentence. Who's who is okay. our taskmaster panel for Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant? Is mm-hmm. obviously every member of the student council. Yes. Toga Kiryu. Yep. Uh, <laughs> what are their other names? Sayonji. Mickey, Mickey Sayonji. Jury. Jury. Nanami. We we'll throw Nanami in there. Okay. And even though it's normally only a panel of five, mm-hmm. we've got to put Lieutenant in there. Of course. And then the, the the taskmaster is end of the world, who we, we will assume is this white-haired sky prince. Who lives in the castle for all eternity. Yeah. And, and then the Anthe is the Alex Horn offsider role. Yeah, so Anthe is the very one saying... obsequious. They all did very well. They all did a great job. But unfortunately, I have to inform you, yeah. you've been disqualified. Let's see how Nanami did at the kangaroo fighting task. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just imagine... Wait, who's the Joe... What's his name? The, the guy, he's in, like, Countdown a lot. Well, 8 out of 10, Cats does Countdown a lot, where he just shows up drunk, just being like, more and more how... He's got a big bushy beard. I think it's like Joe... Beard? I was going to say Joe Hildebrand, but that's not his name. I don't um, know. I don't know a beard guy. Um, And he's just very, like, oh, come on now, mate. I just wanted to, you know, just please... Oh, you know, I just wanted to help you out, mate. Just wanted to help you out in all this. I don't know. At this point, Taskmaster is basically the only panel show I watch. Wow. You don't watch 8 out of 10, Cats does Countdown? <laughs> no. Wow. What a sad state of affairs. And he throws down the open envelope on his desk next to the photo that he keeps on his desk of himself and Kiryu as youths. Oh, we're back in the episode. Right, yep. gotcha. <laughs> I was just thinking like, Taskmaster. And he's like, ah, this task. Ah, uh, yes, I can use this. So we don't yet know what's in the envelope, but it is from the end of the world. We assume. We assume. We have no reason to think otherwise. Why would we? Because we just said so. Yeah. So anyway, quick shadow puppet play about UFOs and believing in UFOs. And it's it's all very, uh, to again make another reference to patreon.com slash Jojo's World's most recent bonus episode. Uh-huh. It's very similar to the opening monologue from the first episode of The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, mm. where the protagonist Kion is like, I used to believe in magical things where I, where I was a kid. But growing up, you've got to stop believing in magical things. But they also add the wrinkle of um, when I was young and naive, I also believed in good people and true friendship. But now that I'm older, I know that's not true. So that's... please just let me keep believing in UFOs. Let me... This is all I have. I don't ask for a lot, but just let me believe in UFOs. <laughs> Goes on for a little while. And then... It's night time. Utena is at home and she's like, where the hell is Anthony? Anthony's missing, 
But worse, Choo Choo's gotten into the crisps again. That son of a bitch, he's never going to lose weight he's at this just rate. He's bodily in the crisp bag, chowing down. And Utena's like, oh, Where is your mistress? And Choo Very Choo Shakespearean just... line of dialogue. You there, boy, where is your mistress? Why, she's in Christmas Hall, all. She's in Christmas Day, sir. What? Christmas Day? But that's not for another week. Boy, run down to the store and get me the biggest sword you can. Oh, but sir, I'm but a poor orphan boy. When will we stop doing Scrooge? What the fuck? What? <laughs> like, what? Part of growing up is knowing when to discard old jokes. I don't think the time has come for this one yet. What are you talking about? Wait a minute, hang on. The time hasn't come for this one yet is what every single old person who isn't letting go of old jokes has said about their old jokes. Well, I, Nick, I am old now. I'm turning 30 this year and I still have an anime podcast. So am I, Liam. So am I. <laughs> Hello, East Dorm, second floor. I was really hoping, and this is maybe just because I've been watching Riverdale because it's back. Yep. Cheryl Blossom, on this on the most recent episode, answered a phone in her house mm-hmm. and it was one of those old-timey speaker and listener a separate object. Oh, so like it has the pole with the thing yeah, yeah. on it and then you take the And little... I was very much hoping that mm. the phone in Utena's dorm would be one of those, uh. but it's a standard 90s era rotary phone. Alas. Alas. It is true to the era of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she gets a call from someone mysterious. A mysterious voice that is obviously Kiryu. <laughs> that just says, Anthe is... Uh, has been on, kidnapped. Has been kidnapped. And she's like, what? Where? It's like, go to the dueling arena. Ah. Uh-huh. And yeah. she's like, who is this? Is this end of the world? And then... <laughs> Night shots of the entrance to the dueling arena as Anthony's like, you're hurting me, Sionji. And then Sionji basically is like, I know. I'm always hurt emotionally and now you feel my pain. We're going up to the Sky Castle now, but it, but it is forbidden to take me to the dueling arena without a duel scheduled. And also, you don't have me right now. So how can you possibly appease... The rules. Yeah, this is the rules. And he looks at her and, and it's like, how dare you? And you he, know our love is invincible and just... He's got his sword sheathed and he hits her with it. With, might I add, a massive slapping sound. Yeah. So obviously he's just slapped her with his hand and he's like, our love is destined. And she's like, little do you realise my face has developed a strong callus from frequent slaps <laughs> and you're incapable of hurting me. She headbutts him but with her cheek. <laughs> no, that, none of that happens. She is hurt. Utena is running up, trying to catch up, and she trips over the unconscious body of Sayonji, whose face is face down in one of the pools next to the pathway. Uh, now, that would normally kill a man, but in this case, we're not so sure. In this case, he's fine, and he wakes up with just some brisk slapping on the face from Utena. Turnabout being fair play after mm, all. Of course. So she She's slaps like, wake him. up! Uh, slaps him a whole bunch, and then he's like, what? What? Uh-huh. And she's like, where's Himamaya? And she's, he's like, what? I've just been knocked out. Where's Anthony? We still... Where's... So this is what I was talking about in the in the production note. We basically have no idea what's going on here, right? Yes. Yes, more or less. Kiryu seems to have some hand in it, but the actual events of what has happened are entirely opaque to me. Mm. Because he's unconscious and Anthony has been taken up to the arena. And when we get up there... When they both run up there, we are unfortunately spared from a two-person absolute destiny apocalypse climbing the stairs sequence. They just run the fuck up there, no transformation sequence, and they find... Anthea is in there. There's a huge, like, red rose structure, like, seems to be made of a sort of red stone or crystal, mm. and there's a coffin in there, not unlike the coffins from the from Utena's the Utena flashback thing. Yeah. yeah. 
And in that coffin, in a bed of white flowers, is an unconscious fetal position Anthe. And she is grasping something in her fi- in her hands, well, or I think just she's praying just grasp- to clasping her hands together. She's in her red dual officiating dress, and she is asleep or unconscious or something. Yeah, or tranced. Sionji just goes, oh, "It is my love. I must save her." And then huge pillars of bricks climb out of the ground, taking mm-hmm. the first one takes the rose platform with it, then Utena goes up on another one, and there's like quite a few of these pillars emerging yeah. from the ground. Or should I say, the above ground ground. And then the sky castle starts to shake and bricks fall from it. And then it seems to collapse and crush Kiryu. But then he's... You mean Sionji? Sorry, sorry, Sionji. But then he's also fine. Well, not yet, but yes. At the end of this, he will still live. He's like, end of the world, keep your promise to me. Ah. And then uh, he keeps his promise by crushing him with a discarded piece of the castle. And then, then the big pillar that Utena is on starts to crumble away from the base up. So, so she, she has to jump from pillar to pillar and rescue Anthe from the open coffin. And it's all... I, I want to emphasise it's all very cool. <laughs> it's fucking rad. But the thing is, once Sionji's crushed, we're like, shit, he's just dead. Utena jumps over all these pillars... Huge ups, big basketball legs. Mm. Jumps in towards the big red crystal, which explodes into rose petals. And their hands grasp like in the OP. And then there's a big fade into white as everything just kind of goes into that big windy... And then then the Sky Castle is back and it's normal. Uh, Sayonji has his eyes wide open as if he's just been abducted by aliens and come back from the (laughs) brink. And just like, what the fuck just happened? What? And then... Uh, Utena is cradling the unconscious Anthe, like, hey, wake up, wait, not slapping her on the face. Mm. Uh, and then in his brain, his sinister traitor's brain, Sayonji is like, it was supposed to be me. I have to kill them all. So he takes his it sword. Mu- the power must be mine. That's how I- the only way I can overcome him. He takes his sword, unsheathes it, Anthe kind of just wakes up and is like, oh, Utena, we're, we're okay. I'm we so did glad it. to see you then, again. Like, everything's lit in red and he's standing above them, raises his sword above his head, not to strike a, a rose from someone's breast, but to kill someone with a sword. <gasps> Why? That's the intended purpose of a sword. So he goes And for there's the- a quick cut to that, uh, that uh, cross the top of the chapel where mm. her parents died. Uh, and we get... Everything is big, re- very, very red. Big red. And then a fourth body. Big red and pink rose frame, crucially. Uh, and there's a big new body that seems to get in between where Sionji has slashed and Utena. Yeah. And there's a lot of flashbacks to the scene with Utena in the coffin and like Sionji just being there and Kiryu just playing with her hair. And then we get flashes of everyone's faces. We see... And Kiryu has been struck in the back by a sword. Oh my God. And he he's ju- like... He leapt in between us. Ah. Uh. Why would you do this? And he's like, because your prince was a guy like me, right? And Utena's like, what the fuck? Sionji drops his sword. Drops the sword, basically collapses and is like, Why do you always beat me? And Kiryu's like, huh. because I'm cool. So then so, we fade away yeah. and then... Before we, before we move on, I do want to quickly highlight Kiryu's flashback outfit. I don't know if you noticed it. Hmm. It's like a green shirt that's like green long sleeve button up shirt, very fancy. Sure. And then like tiny like denim cut off jeans. Yeah. It's quite an outfit. <laughs> Serious vibe. Look, it was the 90s, okay? There were a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that just flipped back in on themselves and became excellent, like his costume. So why don't you describe this phone call that uh, in the present Kiri is making now? Kiryu is sitting on his bed. It's one of those has... four-poster beds with like a big like yeah. lace curtain around and, it. And it, he, we see 
through the lace curtain, so, there are three he, female figures that are adorned on him being like, just like, oh, um, oh. Our special boy. He's a black silhouette, but the uh, bandage binding his chest is bright white. And the three girls are just there. They're probably doing, you know, things. Doing the things that Kiryu likes to do. Of course. And then he's on the phone. And he's like, yes, I sent the letter to Sayonji tonight. <laughs> yes, I addressed it as from the end of the world. Yes. You know, I suppose I do have a flair for the dramatic. Yes, Sayonji's been expelled. Ha <laughs> ha Everything's going according to plan. And then he's like, a person who believes in friendship is truly a fool. I'm an intelligent psychopath. Kachink doot doot doot. The end. The episode ends? Yeah. My god. What a fucking asshole! What a, what a ride these two episodes were. Serious mood whiplash. <laughs> From, we got the secret curry to... Body switching to non To anti-Freaky Friday you. To, yes, I betrayed my one true friend. For nebulous means. Why is he doing this? No one or fucking knows. Deep cars energy. My god. What the fuck? Nick, highlights and lowlights. My highlight is probably going to have to be... Uh, I just want to say... There's a lot... Lot to choose from. I know. So, oh man. Nick, I think I have my highlight. Okay. My highlight is the sequence of the pillars and the Sky Castle collapsing and Utena saving Anthe. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just pick a dumb one then. <laughs> I thought my highlight was selling the photos <laughs> to. That was pretty good. To Kiryu specifically, because Kiryu, of all people, you'd be all like, Really? There's yeah. a really good production note that we'll cover probably next week uh, about how, like, they didn't want to feel restricted by having, like, this be a serious character and this be a joke character. Mm. And they wanted to give them, like, personality enough that they could seamlessly switch between those two. Right. And I feel like that scene is a really good example of how they've oh, done yeah. that. Yeah, where it's like, you know he's a brooding fellow who's, like, trying to manipulate everyone. Yeah. And so this is just, like, and he's still kind of brooding here, but it's very funny that he's doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Lowlights. Or like in the other episode where they were having a serious discussion about jury's motivations, but also just throwing knives at each other. Yeah. Lowlight, Liam. Lowlight. Interesting. My lowlight is probably just going to be Sionji collapsed in the water for... Face down reasons. Who knows why? Like, My assumption how, is that Kiryu like, knocked him out. Maybe, but like, still seems very odd. Yeah. Because in that moment I was like, hey, what's happened here? But then we don't really get any explanation as to... How it happened, or yeah. whether Kiryu truly was the one doing it, or if there was something more at play. My low light is, I think, and maybe this is just like a built-up expectation of genre, mm -hmm. but I feel like the body switch was kind of treated as no big deal, really. Like, not often in a body switch story, like they freak out and just go, "Oh my god!" No, but like, there's there's a lesson to be learned, and like different perspectives from different lives, and mm. they've got to figure out how the other person lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of seamlessly keep doing their own thing. Yeah. Well, just think about it. Like, uh, it seemed like such a good opportunity for Anthe to learn something about being like Utena. Mm. Maybe that's too early for this. Oh yeah, way, way too early. We still have like thirty episodes to go. But there's, you know, we're getting near the end of the first thirteen episode arc. Mm. But just consider for a moment. That there's also a big upside down sky castle <laughs> where we do duels with other members of the student council. I guess, council, so. I guess you're are, right. Yeah, there's not really many places you go from there other than, well, all right, I guess now we're swap bodies. Cool. So, Nick. Yes. What do we think is going to happen next time on Revolutionary Girl Utena in season one, episode 10? 10? 
Yep. Oh. Shit, we are getting towards the end. Oh, no. Nanami's precious one. Okay. So we know that we're going to have a duel. We know that... Okay. I think I've got a pretty strong picture of what's going to happen here. Okay. Even though I'm making the predictions, but go on. I'm also making the predictions. <gasps> I don't know. That's true. That's true. Keep up. Here's my predictions. Okay. We are going to have Nanami just fucking break because Kiryu keeps talking about Utena. Yeah. So she finally is like, that's it. Sword fight. I'm going to sword fight you for the one thing you seem to hold dear in much the same way that the one thing I hold dear is my brother. I see you around with that anthy girl. You know what? I'm going to make her mine. I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm going to take the Rose Bride from you. Exactly. And then my brother will have to pay attention to me. Because Anthe will be mine. Mm. And he's only interested in the power of the Rose Bride. I know this for a fact. Because I've been listening to him in my World War II listening bunker. <laughs> now, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure she's going to be like, how do I get back? And then Kiri will be all like, oh, I just wish I had the Rose Bride. And then Nanami in her scheming ways will be like, I have an idea of how to do that. Uh -huh. And then try and duel her and then probably fail. But you never know, maybe she'll find a way to win and then we'll have a weird awkward, but I don't think it'll <laughs> I don't think it'll happen. Not this episode. Okay. I suspect something like the last episode of the season, Utena will lose, but I don't know. Nah, not the last episode of the season. Maybe like the first one before that. Definitely the yeah. last episode of the season. Broad, stro broad strokes, I think I agree with your next episode prediction. Yep. But I also think there's gonna be an extensive sequence of Kiryu trying to capitalize on this doubt he's sewn into Utena's heart. Like, is mm. he the prince? Do I love him because he's the prince? He's a chivalrous guy. And then she, she'll come to a realisation that over this episode or the next one, that he's scum. Mm. Like, as and in, they'll, then I'll have a sword fight. Yeah, the lowest of the low. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Great. Cool. This has been JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Recap and Discussion podcast. And that's it. Yeah. Cool. Um... Probably don't have the new theme music ready yet, but it's coming soon. Stay so, tuned. So soon. I like what Nick's been putting together. It only took us fucking... Six episodes, yep. TBC. Probably more than four months of <laughs> trying to be all like, what's the new theme going to be? Just a reminder that we have pivoted patreon.com slash jojo's world to a tip jar format, where I think the only tangible benefit we'll be offering for the foreseeable future uh, is... Very infrequent bullshit. And top of episode shoutouts. Yeah. Um, uh, and also we'll probably be putting our infrequent bullshit on the main feed just because consideration of like our listener numbers and uh, Patreon numbers and just like trying to make this show the best it can be. Indeed. Hashtag love of the game. Hell fucking I've yeah. been Liam S. Smith reporting for Jojo's World. And I've been El Montenegro de la Suene also reporting for Jojo de la Suene. And that's the end of the last episode of Jojo's World. <laughs> So until next time, to be, to be continued. continued.